your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 215 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. We've got a lot to talk about today. Obviously, the first round of the 2020 NHL draft has come and gone. Alexi Lafreniere going number one to the New York Rangers as expected. Sometimes the obvious choice really just is the best choice, and I think that's the case of it right here. So we're obviously going to talk about Lafreniere. The Rangers also, in the first round, trade up three spots to move up from number 22 to number 19 to take defenseman Braden Schneider. And there are reports from several media outlets that Henrik Lundqvist is going to sign with the Washington Capitals basically as soon as free agency begins on Friday. So we're going to talk about that as well. But we got to start here with, we can't bury the lead. We got to talk about Alexi Lafreniere coming to the New York Rangers. Coming into this draft, I said it was basically a 99% deal that the Rangers would A, hang on to the number one overall pick, and B, use it to select Alexi Lafreniere. When you've got a generational talent and somebody that analysts and scouts agree is one of the best players to come along in the NHL draft in years, you've got somebody who seemingly has all the intangibles, who seemingly just does not have a weakness in his game, who has an enormous ceiling and extremely safe floor. I think that's your guy. I don't think you have to overthink things. As we've talked about on here, the Raiders have a lot of really difficult decisions this offseason as it pertains to their restricted and unrestricted free agents. I mean, we're going to continue talking about that uh, right up to free agency beginning on Friday and everything that happens afterward. And, you know, we'll see. I know there's some conjecture right now about whether Ryan Strom is going to receive a qualifying offer before the 5 p.m. deadline today. We'll keep our eye on that as well. We'll let you guys know if anything happens there. But the bottom line, this was the easiest decision of the offseason for the New York Rangers. And I know that, you know, they never flat out came out and said that, yes, we are definitely taking Alexi Lafreniere with this number one overall pick. They kind of hinted at it. Uh, Jeff Gordon kind of had some fun with it. But they never said for a fact that, like, yes, we are going to take him number one. And I think that's fine. If you're the Rangers, it doesn't really make any sense to tip your hand. You might as well leave the door slightly cracked, if you will, because you never know if there's could be a team. Look, there's 30 other teams in this league. One of them could come along with just an absolutely mind-blowing offer and give you a package that you just can't say no for, and you would yield the number one pick to that team. But realistically, I don't think that was ever going to happen. You got to believe the Rangers' asking price for that first overall pick and Alexi Lafreniere would be extraordinarily high, and rightfully so. And again, you know, this is a team with the Rangers that's rebuilding, and look how lucky they got here. I mean, look, there's luck involved in hockey, and it certainly pertains to situations such as this. You, first of all, have the first phase of the draft lottery, and no one thought that the first overall pick was going to end up going to one of the eight teams that was going to be eliminated in the qualifying round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that's exactly what happened. And even after that takes place, now you're the Rangers, and of course they lose to the Hurricanes, so they're now in the mix for having that first overall pick, but it's still just a one in eight chance. And then we go through the second phase of the draft lottery. So a 12.5% chance now of the Rangers getting this pick and it happens. So the Rangers, you can't get any luckier than this. And honestly, guys, like as Ranger fans, I know that we like to, everybody likes a good conspiracy theory, right? And all, 
the Penguins always get the first overall pick anytime there's an outstanding player available, or the Edmonton Oilers always get the first overall pick. You know what? The Rangers got the second overall pick last year. They get the first overall pick this year, and it really was not supposed to happen that way in either season. So I think going forward, we're not allowed to complain about the NHL draft lottery ever again. It really worked out nicely for the Rangers these past couple of seasons. And again, you know, it was smart to leave the door open if you're the Rangers. There were some rumors that the Kings might be interested in swapping picks with the Rangers. The Kings would move up to number one. The Rangers would move down to number two. And obviously the Kings would throw something else into that trade to get the Rangers to do it. But I think the Rangers, they pretty much said thanks, but no thanks. We'll go with the generational talent here. We will not give away this first round pick that we were extremely fortunate to get in the first place. And, you know, I, I can't fault them for that. Alexi Lafreniere, by all accounts, just a phenomenal hockey player. He's got everything you could possibly want. He's somebody who plays his best when the lights are at their brightest, and we all know there's bright lights in New York City. And I also realize that the QMJHL is not the NHL, but he just put up absolutely video game-like numbers in that league, averaging more than two points per game in his third season with the team this past year. So you got to be excited if you're a Ranger fan. Alexi Lafreniere officially here. We've been talking quite a bit about him ever since the Rangers won the draft lottery. I don't know. Was anybody nervous watching the draft? I mean, you never know what could happen. We've seen some curveballs in the NHL draft before. Uh, We've seen curveballs in other drafts. You never know what can go down. But I think with the Rangers, they were always going to take Lafreniere unless they absolutely just had their minds blown by, you know, a trade offer from some other team. But yeah, Alexi Lafreniere is here. We can all rest easy. He, in all likelihood, will make his Ranger debut next season. I mean, the way I look at it, Capo Caco, as the second overall pick last year, skipped the AHL. He just went right to the Rangers. So if the Raiders are going to do that with Capo Caco, then I would imagine they would do the same thing with Alexi Lafreniere, unless they just want to have him get off to a really nice start in the AHL and basically just dominate that league for, I don't know, 10 or 14 or 15 games, whatever it might be. But no, I think he debuts with the Rangers next season. He makes the team better right away. I mean, do they have four left wingers that are better than him? I don't think they do. So, yeah, for my money, he starts next season with the Rangers. I'm sure they'll say all the right things. He's got to earn his spot on this team, et cetera, et cetera. But he's going to be here. We're going to see Alexi Lafreniere with the Rangers next season, and Ranger fans around the globe should be just thrilled about that. Something else I wanted to call some attention to, it's a graphic that they showed on TV last night during the draft. It was right after the Rangers took Lafreniere, And they basically showed over the past, I guess this would be now 15 or 16 years, what happens when the same team gets a top three pick in back-to-back seasons. And there are five examples of that, which now include the Rangers, of course, from 2019, picking second and taking Kako, and this year, picking first and taking Lafreniere. But there's four other examples on top of that. The first one is the Penguins, and that happened in 2004-2005. They took Evgeny Malkin second overall in 2004. They took Sidney Crosby first overall in 2005. And I know we're not Penguins fans on here, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, yeah, I think that worked out pretty well for them. You know, three Stanley Cups later, uh, countless deep playoff runs later, countless accolades later. Yeah, the Penguins, I I think that worked out pretty nicely for them. Uh, Then you've got the Chicago Blackhawks in 2006. They take Jonathan Tays number three overall. And then in 2007, Patrick Kane, they select him first overall. And once again, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say that that worked out pretty nicely for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Again, three Stanley Cups later, and those two guys are still there and still great players. I mean, Jonathan Taze, I guess you could argue, has slowed down a little bit, but he's still a rock-solid player. And even if him and Kane never accomplished another single thing in Chicago, hey, 
three Stanley Cups is three Stanley Cups. You can't argue with that. So that obviously worked out great for the Chicago Blackhawks. You've also got the Tampa Bay Lightning. Steven Stamkos going first overall in 2008. And then Tampa follows up by selecting Victor Hedman second overall in 2009. And it took them a while. You know, they've had some great regular season teams over however many years you want to go back. It seems like they're always at or near the top of the Eastern Conference. It wasn't until this past season where they finally broke through and got the cup. And Steven Stamkos barely played at all. In fact, he basically played one period throughout that entire playoff run. But he's a phenomenal player. Victor Hedman's a phenomenal player. It worked out great for Tampa Bay. And now they finally have a Stanley Cup to show for it. So obviously worked out very nicely for the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, having a top three overall pick in back-to-back seasons. And then most recently, at least not counting the Rangers, is the Edmonton Oilers. They take Leon Draisaitl number three overall in 2014, and then they select Connor McDavid first overall in 2015. And all the two of them did was lead the NHL in points this past season. Leon Draisaitl uh, led the league in points, and Connor McDavid was second. Obviously, it hasn't worked out for them so far in the playoffs. They've yet to really make a, a nice, deep playoff run, but hey, you know, they're both still very, very young. They've got all the time in the world to figure it out. And once I think the Edmonton Oilers add a little bit more depth pieces and in some cases get out of their own way as far as some of the moves that they make, uh, hey, you know, that's a team that should be contending for a Stanley Cup in the seasons going forward. They've obviously got a phenomenal foundation there with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, two of the absolute premier players in this league. And then that brings us to the Rangers. They get to pick number two overall last season. They get Capo Caco. And this season, they take Alexi Lafreniere. He goes first overall, and we'll see what can happen there. But you've got these two exciting young players, these two top three draft picks in back-to-back seasons in Kako and Lafreniere. You pair them with established superstars like Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin, uh, rock-solid players like Chris Kreider, emerging defensemen, emerging offensive defensemen in Tony D'Angelo, if he's still there, Adam Fox, Jacob Truba. You've got your franchise goalie. It seems like, hey man, the pieces are really starting to fall into place here, and I think there's still some work to be done. The Rangers could definitely use a little more depth like a lot of teams in the NHL could, but this is awesome. You know, like we've gotten, we've been very fortunate these past couple of seasons. And that's why I said, I don't think we as Ranger fans are ever allowed to complain about the NHL draft lottery again, because we got Capo Caco and now we got Alexi Lafreniere and Ranger fans should be very, very excited about all of that. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is sponsored by Ryan Holiday Book. From the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue. To accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. Sports teams across the country are applying this popular philosophy by using stoicism's key idea, you control how you respond and play. You don't control what the refs and fans do or how the ball bounces. It's about what you did to adapt. Lives of the Stoics, The Art of Living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius is available now wherever books are sold. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Roman. Talking about ED isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my bojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com XXX and complete an online visit. 
ED used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. All right, so we got to talk about Braden Schneider, whom the Rangers selected number 19 overall in the first round here. They traded the number 22 overall pick to the Calgary Flames. They also gave the Flames the first of their two third-round picks to move up three spots again from number 22 to number 19, and they take a right-handed defenseman in Braden Schneider of the Brandon Wheat Kings of the WHL. So, okay, a lot to unpack here. Uh, First of all, I did not see this coming. This was definitely one of the more surprising moments of the first round really with any team in the league. I think a lot of us figured that the Rangers, regardless of whether they held on to number 22 or they tried to move up a few spots or even tried to move back a few spots to acquire picks you know, later in the draft, I think a lot of us figured that after they took Lafreniere number one overall, that they were going to look to select a center with their next pick, whenever that might happen. Again, likely in the first round either, whether they held firm at number 22 or whether they moved up a couple of spots, they were going to take a center. I think a lot of us figured that. I even did an entire episode where I looked at potential picks for the Rangers at number 22, and I basically limited it all to center because it just stood to reason that that's an area where they're weak, that's an area where they need to get better, and that's what they will take. You know, maybe somebody who could even pair with Lafreniere and or Capo Caco down the line. I mean, imagine you take a, a center here, number 22 overall, and you end up years later having this line of whoever they might take, whichever center it might be, and he's centering Lafreniere and Capo Caco. That's a lot of fun to think about. But the Rangers went a different path here, and they end up going with a right-handed defenseman. And it is a little bit of a head-scratcher just because, again, you think it's going to be a center, but even if it's not a center, even if the Rangers do throw a little bit of a curveball and they decide to go with a defenseman, as they did here, you would think, at the least, it would probably be a lefty defenseman, given that the Rangers, you know, they have Adam Fox, they have Jacob Truba, they have Tony D'Angelo on the right side. Of course, you know, D'Angelo, it's not a slam dunk that he's going to be back, but it looks like the right side, in general, is just a lot stronger for the Rangers than the left side. But, you know what, I am getting a little bit ahead of myself here. Let's be fair to the player himself. Let's be fair to Braden Schneider. Let's talk about him a little bit first before we analyze how this might affect the Rangers going forward because he, for the most part, got pretty good reviews going into this draft. And I think a lot of the mock drafts had him going a little bit earlier than number 19 overall. So the Rangers uh, may have kind of lucked into him a little bit. He's somebody that maybe a lot of us didn't really focus in on. We weren't really all that aware that the Rangers were targeting him. I mean, of course, we're not aware. The Rangers wouldn't want to make that public information because then you tip your hand to everybody else. But, you know, with Schneider, uh, first of all, big dude, uh, six foot two, 209 pounds, 19 years old. He has played with the Brandon Wheat Kings of the WAHL uh, technically over the past four seasons, although uh, he skated in only one regular season game with them in 2016-2017. And in 185 games with Brandon, uh, Schneider has scored 16 goals and picked up 72 assists. But from an offensive production standpoint, his best season was this past year. Skated in 60 games, scored 7 goals, dished out 35 assists. So it seems like his offense is coming along nicely and developing. But the Rangers, they drafted him for his physicality. Again, he's a really big guy. They see him as 
uh, something of a defensive defenseman, if you will, and that's fine because, as we've talked about on here, the Rangers have enough offensive defensemen, enough two-way defensemen. You don't need six of them. I mean, it's nice to have them. Don't get me wrong. It's a nice luxury that the Rangers have, but if you've got a guy who you see is just a really strong defensive defenseman, then by all means, take him if he's your guy, but by all accounts, you know, you look at all these different uh, scouting reports going into the draft. He's a smart player, high hockey IQ, He's got a nice blend of speed and strength. He's also capable of playing a lot of minutes. He has the stamina to do so. He could play on the power play. He could play on the penalty kill. So a very versatile defenseman as well. And don't take my word for it. I'm going to give you guys a couple of different scouting reports here just so you can get to know Schneider uh, a little bit better here. This comes from Mike Morial from NHL.com. A two-way right-shot defenseman capable of playing the power play and the penalty kill with great competitiveness and smarts. Schneider scored 42 points, 7 goals, 35 assists in 60 WAHL games. And this comes from Chris Peters of ESPN. A confident defender who can throw his weight around, Schneider offers predictability in a good way. You're going to get consistent effort and good competitiveness. Throw another one at you here. This one comes from Steve Cormianos of the Draft Analyst. A hard-hitting blue liner with wheels and length for days, Schneider is a highly respected prospect in scouting circles who many feel deserves to be placed alongside Jake Sanderson and Jamie Drysdale in the debate for top defensemen in the 2020 draft class. And that's certainly good to hear. You know, we've heard a lot about both Sanderson and Drysdale, uh, both of them going in the top 10 last night. Sanderson going number five overall to the Ottawa Senators, and then Drysdale going right after him, number six, to the Anaheim Ducks. Not another defenseman was selected until number 16, uh, Kaden Gooley, goes to the Montreal Canadiens. And there were rumors that the Devils were interested in Schneider. So the Rangers, I think it really kind of forced their hand. Again, I had no idea that the Rangers were this interested in Brayden Schneider, but apparently they were. I mean, it really shows when you give away a third-round draft pick just to move up three spots here and take your guy at number 19 overall. But I think it was worth it if you're the Rangers because they went out and they found a way to get their guy. They found a way to also keep him away from a division rival in the New Jersey Devils. And now he can play for the Rangers rather than for a division rival for the next 10 years or however long it might be. So that's a great move by the Rangers if that indeed is their guy. Again, you know, I would I would have preferred Connor Zary. I was kind of hoping that the Rangers would just stand pat at number 22 and that Connor Zary would fall to them. Or if they were going to make this move and move up three spots, Connor Zary was my guy. And if not Zary, then definitely another center. But you know what? I think the Rangers, this regime has had more hits than misses. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. And if you look at mock drafts around the league, a lot of them had Schneider going quite a bit earlier than number 19 overall. So the Rangers really might have gotten a steal here. I love that he's being compared to the other two uh, elite defensemen that were available in this draft in Sanderson and Drysdale. Uh, some people even suggesting that he might be right on par with them, maybe even better than both of them. It seems like he's a player that has a really safe floor and a nice ceiling as well. Somebody who should, at the very least, eventually settle into a role as a top four defenseman for an NHL team, and that's now going to be happening with the Rangers. So you got to like that. Again, you know, I would have preferred a center, but I can't kill the Rangers for this. I see where they're coming from, and if they don't make this trade, if they don't pounce on it here and move up these three spots to get in position, it's very, very likely that the Devils do indeed select him because if you look at what the Devils did at number 20, they selected a defenseman. It was Shakir Mukhamadoulin, number 20 overall. So the Rangers, they had to move up if they were going to get their guy. They did it. Give them credit for having conviction, going out and getting their man. As far as, you know, whether we see Schneider on the Rangers this season, I don't know. You know, I think it could definitely go either way. I'd be really surprised if he cracked the opening night roster unless he just absolutely goes out there and kills it during training camp. But, 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that could be happening sooner rather than later. There are a lot of X factors. You know, how do the other Ranger defensemen perform this season? Because if somebody isn't performing up to par, then maybe that opens a door for Schneider to make his debut with the team at some point this season. If there's an injury, maybe he gets the call at some point. If Tony D'Angelo is back versus whether he's not back, you know, that could obviously create an opening if he's not back. And we've talked about Tony D'Angelo a lot on here. I could see a strong case for keeping him. I could see a strong case for dealing him. But bottom line, facts are facts. If he's not there, that could create an opening at some point for Schneider to make his debut this season. But I would say it seems like a, a fairly big long shot that he starts on opening night for the Rangers next season. But we will see what happens there. Today's episode of Locked on Rangers is brought to you by DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The other aspect to consider here is, does this help Ryan Strom? Because if the Rangers were to have selected a center here with the number 22 or what turned into the number 19 overall pick, then... You could argue that you have Ryan Strom's replacement uh, pretty much ready to go. I mean, not ready to go in terms of he's going to be on the opening night roster next season, but ready to go in terms of, you know, maybe he debuts midway through next season or the following season at the very latest. You've got somebody there who you feel confident about. You can plug in as a top six forward uh, or a top two center, whichever way you want to phrase it. But the fact that they did not take a center here, I think it might bode well for Ryan Strom's chances of being ultimately re-signed by the Rangers. Again, they have until 5 p.m. on Wednesday to extend him a qualifying offer. But there were some rumors that Ryan Strom could get traded. But now that the Rangers did not take a center and will likely not have the opportunity to do so until the third round at the very earliest... That might bode well for Ryan Strom's chances of being back with the Rangers next season. And we've talked about Strom, just like we've talked about a lot of the other free agents. You really can make a good case for moving Ryan Strom or for bringing him back. But this move or non-move or whatever you want to call it by the Rangers not taking a center in the first round last night, I don't know that it'll work tremendously in Ryan Strom's favor, but it definitely does not hurt as far as his chances once again of being back with the Rangers next season. Last but certainly not least today, we've got to talk about the King, Henrik Lundqvist. Multiple reports from several different media outlets emerging that when free agency starts on Friday at noon Eastern time, Henrik Lundqvist is going to sign with the Washington Capitals. And we actually did an episode about a week ago entitled Henrik Lundqvist Bought Out by the Rangers on this podcast where we basically, uh, you know, obviously talked about Henrik Lundqvist in general. But then at the end of the episode, I identified a couple different teams where it seemed like there could be a fit. It could be a potential landing spot 
for Henrik Lundqvist. And I did have the Capitals on that list. It's just a landing spot that seemed to make a lot of sense to me on paper. First of all, Braden Holpe seems pretty certain to move on in free agency. He has kind of declined in recent seasons. I don't think the Caps are really ready to kind of pony up the dough that it might take to hang on to Braden Holpe, especially because they seem to really like Ilya Samsonov. Samsonov was a first-round draft pick in 2015 by the Capitals, so he's their own guy. He's homegrown. He got a taste of NHL action last season. Uh, 26 games for Samsonov, 22 starts. He went 16-6 and 2 with a 255 goals against average, a 913 save percentage, and one shutout. But he's inexperienced because he was a rookie last season. Again, just the 26 games. And behind him, the Capitals don't have any other goalies in their franchise with any real NHL experience. And so it just stands to reason that they would be in the market for a veteran goalie to back up Ilya Samsonov as well as just kind of provide some insurance. And I think this is a great spot for Henrik Lundqvist for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, he can be the backup, the uncontested backup. He's not going to have to worry about being a healthy scratch or anything like that. I don't think anybody will kind of challenge him for that role next season. But there could also be a little bit of an opening where Lundqvist could kind of work his way into a timeshare if he plays well enough next season. We mentioned that Samsonov, you know, made his debut last season for the Capitals. He played well overall, but he faded a little bit down the stretch. I don't think the Capitals want to necessarily overwhelm him, overwork him. And I think it's a good spot for Henrik Lundqvist where if he plays well enough, it could get into a little bit of a 50-50 split with these two goalies. And even if not, you know, I think Henrik Lundqvist could be in line to see in a worst-case scenario for him, probably about a third of the games because I just don't think we're going to see a situation where Ilya Samsonov makes 65 or 70 starts for the Capitals next season. You just don't really see that in general that much in the NHL anymore. Backup goalies tend to play more and more, more often than they have in the past. And so, yeah, I think Henrik Lundqvist could be in line for a good amount of playing time with the Washington Capitals next year. And this is something else that I mentioned in the episode where we talk about Henrik Lundqvist being bought out by the Rangers, I floated the Capitals as a possibility, as a potential landing spot, and I just feel like him and Alex Ovechkin, there's a lot of respect there. You guys have watched the Rangers over the years. You've seen the Rangers and Capitals duke it out in the playoffs what feels like a million times, and anytime they go through the handshake line, whether the Rangers win the series or the Capitals win the series, you always kind of see Ovechkin and Lundqvist, it's not just like a, a handshake and yeah, good job, I'll see you later. They tend to, you know, kind of talk for a little while there. There definitely seems to be a lot of respect. And why wouldn't there be? I mean, they've played, again, they've played each other about a million times in the playoffs. They've both been with their respective teams for about 15 years now. And they've obviously had some great battles against each other. You know, Alex Ovechkin's probably scored some goals on Henrik Lundqvist that not a single goalie in this universe could stop. And Henrik Lundqvist has probably made saves against Alex Ovechkin that maybe only two, three, four goalies in the league at that time could possibly have a chance to stop. So, yeah, it just stands to reason. There's a lot of respect there, and I just get the feeling that it could be a nice fit uh, all these years after battling each other. I think Ovechkin and Lundqvist would probably enjoy the fact that they're now going to get to be teammates. And if you're Lundqvist, I think it only makes sense to sign with a contending team. It wouldn't really make any sense to go to a team that doesn't look like a Stanley Cup contender because that's the only thing that Henrik Lundqvist hasn't done. He's done everything else. He's won the Vesna. He's been a Vesna nominee five times. He's been an All-Star five times. He's been the Ranger MVP nine times. He has done everything except win a Stanley Cup. And going to the Washington Capitals, 
hey, he's at least got a chance. You know, the Capitals over the past, however many years you want to go back, it seems like they're always one of the elite NHL teams. Now, they have struggled in the playoffs, but they did win the Stanley Cup in 2018. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe they're due to win another one. Who knows? I mean, it's a very talented team there. And for Henrik Lundqvist, it only makes sense to go to a team that you feel has a really good chance to win the Stanley Cup. On top of all that, it's not like he has to move across the country or move to Canada or anything like that. He basically just has to go south to D.C. So he's not as far away from his home in New York as he would be with, you know, some other potential destinations. You know, you hear teams like the Colorado Avalanche floated out there every now and then, maybe the St. Louis Blues, even the Arizona Coyotes a little bit. He'd be moving pretty far away to go to one of those teams. Washington Capitals, he doesn't have to go so far. And so I think it just makes all the sense in the world. It's a great fit. And all the best to Henrik Lundqvist if he indeed does sign there. And if the Rangers don't win the Stanley Cup next season and Henrik Lundqvist is on the Washington Capitals, then by all means, give me a Washington Capital Stanley Cup victory and we can finally see the King lift the Stanley Cup. I'm very excited to see him uh, at least give it a shot. I would assume it would be a one-year contract. Maybe it would be two. I mean, who knows? Maybe they see him as uh, you know somebody who can kind of be a mentor there for a couple of years and they they want to do right by Henrik Lundqvist, and he ends up getting a, a multi-year deal. I can't imagine it would be more than two years, given the fact that he's 38 years old. But we'll see what happens. Definitely looking forward to seeing Henrik Lundqvist uh, get an opportunity, at least one last opportunity, to win a Stanley Cup. Again, the only thing missing from his incredible Hall of Fame resume. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Definitely uh, come back for our next episode. We're going to be talking about everything that happens in the second portion here of the NHL draft. They're going to be doing the rest of the draft here on Wednesday. So definitely looking forward to seeing what the Rangers do there. And uh, yeah, come back. We'll talk about it. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.